It's time for episode 471 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where it's always time for spooky season. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my spooky dungeon buddy. It's Micah Sargent. <laughs> How are you doing today, Micah? <laughs> Ooh, that was good. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am doing well. Yes, we are officially in spooky season, and I have surrounded myself with pumpkins, bats, and one-legged chickens, because those are spooky. <laughs> if I had been on top of things, I would have introduced you as my co-ghost. Oh, but I died. oh, no. oh. oh. hindsight is 20 right. spooky. <laughs> Should we start again? No. All right. This is the show where we Watch invite clock, two fantastic guests <laughs> to talk about four tech topics. To my left this week, it is a podcaster from such exciting shows as Most Important Meal and many shows over at The Incomparable. It's Brian Hamilton. Welcome back, Brian. Hi, Dan. I'm sad you didn't introduce me as Brain Hamilton, my spooky Twitter name that I do every October, but nobody notices. I wonder why. Oh, that's strange. Hmm. And to my left, it is Washington Ghost Technology Reporter. <laughs> Slow it's... clap. Thank you. Thank you. Heather Kelly. Welcome back, Heather. Thank you for having me. Let's kick things off with I want to talk about apps. Um, I want to know what apps you kind of live in every day, the ones that help you get your work done or other things, hobbies, personal stuff. Like, do you just live in sort of the standard like apps that come on your, your phone or your computer? Or are there specific apps that you really feel like you cannot live without? Brian, tell me about some apps. So for my day job, my jobby job, I'm very, very boring. I use Google Apps, Chrome, uh, Slack, Notion, Zoom, Jira, my pr company's proprietary app. Very, very boring, but it means that I can do my work from almost any computer, which is very exciting. Sometimes I can even work from my iPad using the iPad versions. Things that I actually use my phone for, there's nothing new here, but I wanted to give some context for why I love the iPhone 14 Pro thanks to these apps. Uh, so Overcast, I mean, everyone loves Overcast. I can't listen to anything without smart speed anymore. And and Apollo is my Reddit app of choice that helps me keep my Jeopardy analysis and recap all in one place. It's the only thing I use uh, Reddit for, and it's a really nice way to keep everything organized. I kind of hate the official Reddit app. The only time I really use split screen on my iPad is having Jeopardy in Fubo in the 75% and then Apollo for Jeopardy uh, subreddit in the 25%. Uh, and then the single most used app on my phone is hold down. I don't know why people are so down on the iPhone 14 Pro is always on screen because all of these apps, uh, Overcast and Apollo, have excellent lock screen widgets that really let you launch things as quickly as you can thanks to the always on screen. And then the dynamic island is perfect in hold down and New York Times for me to quickly switch back and forth between Overcast and whatever else I might be listening to. But those are the apps I use to get quote unquote work done, I guess. <laughs> I just uh, a couple of days ago turned my always on screen off because oh. it it gives me anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forgot to turn off my screen. And then I hit the button and then it lights up instead of darkening. And then I'm confused. And so I said, you know what? No. Um, as far as apps, though, uh, Spark on my phone and AirMail on my Mac. Why I use two different email programs, I don't know. But that is just the way that I do things. And it works for me. And I'm very happy with it. Um, 
Uh, the other ones would be Text Expander by uh, Smile, which, of course, they've been a sponsor of uh, the podcast in the past. But genuinely, without it, I would not get the work done that I get done, uh, as well as Keyboard Maestro, uh, which is also helpful in um, some of the repetitive tasks that I have to do on occasion when I'm producing a show. Uh, outside of that, a lot of the work that we do is in uh, Google Sheets. And so, you know, whether I'm using that on the phone or an iPad or the Mac, it's pretty much the same there. But uh, I got to give a special shout out to the very fascinating and fun app called Ubersicht, uh, which depending on where you are is pronounced or is spelled U-B-E-R-S-I-C-H-T or U-E-B-E-R-S-I-C-H-T. And it is a little um, utility that lets you put what is behind the scenes an HTML web page on your uh, desktop on like in the wallpaper. Downloading. You can yeah, you can do these little widgets. And I am constantly needing to know not only just what today's date is, but like, is it a Wednesday? Is it a Thursday? Is it a Friday? So I just have a little calendar that sits on my desktop uh, in the background, very plain, minimal calendar. And I'm constantly looking at that to go, okay, I, you know, Tuesdays when I have this show and I need to uh, write this down. So between those tools, I think uh, that is how and where I get my work done. Uh, Heather, what about you? I love this question because I feel like it's it's like two opposing things. Like the apps I live in are are the ones that make me not get my work done. <laughs> like I spend most of my day in my in Libby, like managing my library holds and then like shooting them over to my Kindle or basically I'm on TikTok. I, let's be honest, I'm just on TikTok. <laughs> but also like I've chosen I've realized that a uh, thing about me is like the more complicated things are, the less likely I am to do anything. And so I've chosen a job that's dead simple and I just have one task and that is call people write words, call people, write words. And so all I do are my little unsaved text documents. I also have um, the, the like app bear, um, which I I'll put like all my interviews in. So I don't have too many text documents, but it's, it's basically the same thing. And I'm just impressed with people who have so many things going on and coordinating and you guys with your documents. It, it sounds extremely anxiety inducing to me, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, now I feel like I have too many apps. I mean, I and it's weird because most of the apps I rely on, I think both on my phone, mainly on my phone, are the ones that sort of come with it. Right. Like I mail and uh, uh, calendar. I mean, those kinds of things are kind of critical for a lot of the stuff I do. But I mean, I spend a lot of time. Probably too much time talking to people. I mean, some of it's on podcasts, so I guess that's technically work. But a lot of the times, it's just in Slack or Discord. So I guess that's not really work. Um, so, you know, basically stuff like that or Twitter. Uh, I do spend a lot of time writing stuff. I have too many writing apps, but I think I keep gravitating back to the same ones. Like BB Edit for most of my stuff where it's anything like, you know, technology journalism related. Uh, Scrivener when it's anything fiction related. Uh, and then on my iPad, one writer, um, but I also keep a ton of stuff in notes. So I don't know. I spend a lot of time there too. Uh, and then of course, logic for uh, podcast editing stuff. That's kind of become my go-to. So I, yeah, not terribly exciting. I actually think probably the more exciting things are all the little like Gugas and little finicky uh, utilities I probably use to not again, uh, not do work. Ooh, I can put this stuff in my menu bar. This is cool. Oh, I can play around <laughs> with this little utility on my phone. Ah, that's fun. So uh, not really productive, but fun and useful. But thank you all for your uh, input on that one. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Brian. 
One of the things that has really fascinated me over the course of the coronavirus pandemic is how the movie studios have reacted and started moving things to premium rentals through things like Apple TV or Amazon Prime or things like that. And I wanted to ask you all, do you do any of those, you know, $20, $25 still in theaters movie rentals? And if so, which ones? And if not, why not? I'll throw to you, Micah. I tell people that when it comes to like apps, you should feel 100% free to pay for apps and and you know celebrate the fact that you're helping uh, support developers and I do have that feeling about you know everyone who works on a film but then I go oh I'm also paying per month for uh Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus mm-hmm. and this and that and the other and I can at any time turn to one of those and find something else to watch while I wait for this to not be this premium uh, priced streaming rental. So there have been a number of times where I've thought about it. And in every occasion, I have never actually done it. Um, but I am curious uh, for someone who has kids if uh, there have been any uh, for, for you, Heather. I mean, okay, look, kids don't know when a movie is new. They're not waiting to talk about it at the water cooler. It's just so, so much money, um, especially like as we all have these other services. And so I find that people, what they do talk about, right, is we talk about the latest, like whatever the HBO show or like a Marvel show. It's less likely that we're going to talk about a new movie that just came out. And so I'm perfectly comfortable waiting. Also, I did spend not the premium amount. I spent like $3 to rent everything everywhere all at once except life got in the way so i watched half and then my rental lapsed and now i'm <laughs> oh, like no will i ever be able to finish this movie because i refuse to give amazon three more dollars for no particular reason i have three dollars <laughs> i'm just mad and so i feel like that kind of puts me off of the whole rental system um that and it's 25 dollars. i mean come on it's a movie. I went actually back and looked at my purchase history because I rent most of my stuff from um, iTunes. Are we still calling it iTunes? All right, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, uh, like during the height of the pandemic. So the three things I found that I actually paid to get advance access to was my wife wanted to see the live action Mulan remake. So we watched that. Uh, we, went, we watched uh, Black Widow when that was available. And we watched... Um, no time to die when that came out because I wanted to see it. So those were like the three things, and those were all in 2021. So it's been almost a year, honestly, since we've done that. I don't know. You end up watching a lot of movies in roughly 10 to 20 minute increments, and it's not always the best way to experience a film, <laughs> but uh, in some cases, it's the only way. Uh, and finishing it within that 24, 48 hour rental period can be a bit of a struggle at times. So yeah, I don't think there's uh, many of those $20 rentals in my future. Brian, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It's no surprise to me that franchises are the ones that really get the $20 rentals more often than not. So it's, it's easier to spend 20 bucks on a movie site on scene when you can say, look, there's Black Widow and look, there's James Bond. I also wanted to see No Time to Die, but I kind of waited it out because, like you mentioned, Heather, people aren't really talking about movies in that way that people used to when it was easier to go to theaters. So uh, for me, I spent a lot of my $20 rental money on horror movies. That is my franchise that I was really excited for. So x bodies 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 spiral the black phone this question was inspired by me pre-ordering the blu-ray for nope 
It's not arriving for another four weeks, but it's available for purchase on Prime Video now for $20. Do I pay $20 to see it early and then own it forever and have an extra digital code? Or do I just wait it out and sit here? I'm dying to watch Nope again. And to your point again, Heather, those are movies, uh, Nope and Everything Everywhere all at once that I was dying to see when I wasn't really going to theaters. But I wasn't really spoiled on them without not doing a full media blackout on Twitter, like muting the words or anything like that. You're right. I think people just aren't talking about those movies that much anymore and people can wait but for the weirdos like me that are dying to watch jordan peele's movie again i might actually pay 20 dollars tonight to go watch it <laughs> all right that's two topics down two topics left to go which of course means it is halftime here at clockwise and this week's episode is brought to you by masterclass with masterclass you can learn from the world's best minds anytime anywhere and at your own pace with over 150 classes from a range of world-class instructors in 11 different categories, that thing you've always wanted to do, it's a little closer than you think. You can learn the art of negotiating from Chris Voss, improve your culinary skills with Mexican cooking by Gabriela Camara, learn about disruptive entrepreneurship from Richard Branson, or learn how to make compelling videos that go viral with Marquise Brownlee, also known as MKBHD. I took a class uh, in baking with Apollonia Paulin, who is the um, woman who runs a bake, this uh, Paulin Bakery in France. I love bread. That's my secret, my deep, dark secret. I love bread. I'm not great at making bread, but I, I, I'm enthusiastic about it. So for me, that was something I was like, oh, I want to improve and like get a little better. And, and maybe, you know, as someone like me, who is more of a visual learner for these kinds of things, having somebody actually explain things and seeing the steps they go through is immensely helpful as opposed to just like trying to read a recipe online. It like, oh, make sure you get your dough to this consistency. And I'm like, well, what is that? What does that mean? So having a, a sort of a video way to actually see that for me made a big difference. I want to mention the one thing I really enjoyed uh, is she has this philosophy of like using all five of your senses in, in order to sort of um, make bread and figure out when when it's at the right consistency or when it's done. You you listen to it and you feel it and you, you know look at the colors and everything. And I thought that that's really a clever way of helping you contextualize this idea of baking and and not just sort of having to like guess or rely on you know even technical equipment which sometimes doesn't always tell you the whole story so i highly recommend you check it out get unlimited access to every class and as a clockwise listener you get 15 percent off an annual membership go to masterclass.com slash clockwise now that's masterclass.com slash clockwise for 15 percent off masterclass our thanks to masterclass for their support of this show and all of relay fm all right, halftime is over. Micah, what is your topic? All right, I am curious. Um, what smart speakers do you have or have you had in the past that you maybe have auditioned in your home? Uh, and which, if any, do you continue to use? Heather, we'll start with you. Man, I didn't want any smart speakers at all. Like, I would be happy without these things in my life, but they're like, tribbles i don't know one showed up <laughs> and now like there are probably three to four alexas in my house little echo devices oh sh i'm sorry if I said that <laughs> they're, listening. they're listening i got the golden Shh. rule and i think it's it's basically because like they want people to have them for free you know they mm -hmm. just please they, take this yeah they are not making money off of selling the doodads they're making money off of their like 10-year plan to annoy you with follow-up questions oh my god stop asking oh. follow-up questions amen <sighs> sorry this really gets me worked up anyway so i have a house full of alexas i have an alexa show which i was obsessed with for a while because it has terrible content on it on the screen it's like Steve Jobs quote of the day, Jeff Bezos quote of the day. And one month I kept a list of every quote to see if they ever quoted a woman. And then like Oprah and Taylor Swift showed up. And so I was like, well, 
there goes that story. Um, but I will say it is priceless to give your kids one of these and let them listen to podcasts or Minecraft video game music alone in their room where you can't hear them. So I'm <laughs> team echo right now. Nice. I have had almost all of them at one time or another. Uh, I had several echoes. Uh, I had some Google homes and I have some home pods. Uh, at the end of the day, we ended up switching entirely to the home pod mainly just because of the Apple ecosystem integration. Um, there were just enough things that didn't work with the Echoes that I decided I just wanted to try going all in on the HomePods. And they work pretty well. Um, <laughs> lately, I don't know what it is. Last software update has made our, our HomePod obstinate or perhaps just surly. Um, it does sometimes doesn't doesn't listen. You know, you can't make it do stuff. And then I've literally had it do the opposite of the thing I've asked for. Like I've had it. I asked it to like, you know, there's a screaming child and I'm like, you know, turn down the volume and it turns up the volume. And I'm like, well, that's just obnoxious. I, I don't need a teenager right now. I already have a baby. Um, so I I get some frustrations with some of these things. Um, there's nothing quite so frustrating as when it doesn't do something right. Uh, my other favorite story about this is we use it to add stuff to our shopping list, and occasionally it gets stuff wrong, and we will repeat it, and we will get increasingly irate. So our shopping list contains now several items that are have uh, expletives in them <laughs> because they finally got us swearing at the shopping list. Uh, but for all that, I stick with the HomePod because it is definitely a... a useful piece of equipment to have around for simple stuff like setting timers or playing music or the radio or what have you. Brian, what about you? By the way, didn't you know that you could ask me for a daily <laughs> summary and help your podcast and things? And <laughs> It's extraordinarily annoying. I can't stand it. So we auditioned the HomePod and I said, thank you so much. We'll be in touch and never got back to it. It is sitting here next to me, unplugged at my desk. I really didn't like it. We were a split Echo uh, and Google Home family for a while. Uh, we bought a bunch of Echoes, but then uh, Spotify sent everyone in the house free Google Home Minis, you know, a year or two ago. And ever since, it has annihilated the Echo Dots. We don't use any more Echo devices except for controlling our Fire TV, uh, which is very convenient to say, you know, play, pause, open Netflix, open YouTube, which is great. But it's also like 50% of the time hit rate. And it, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. It's convenient to try and to pinch when we can't find the remote. But uh, otherwise, we are all in on Google for the web smarts. Uh, there was a point we were watching Dahmer and I said, hey, uh, I'm not going to say it. Alphabet. Uh, did he, did, didn't <laughs> Richard Jenkins die? Because I thought he had died and he, there he was in the show. And then um, the Google comes back with uh, Richard Jenkins is an actor in his 90s. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh, my God. That's incredible. I had no idea he was still alive. You were thinking of that, was, <laughs> exactly. that would be a feature. <laughs> That would be wild. But no, it was a really great moment for me to highlight why the Google for me is way better than the Amazon. All interesting answers. I've got all of them in my home uh, and I use none of them. <laughs> uh, they mostly just sit there and annoy us whenever something on the TV uh, vaguely sounds like A-L-E-X-A or Hey Boo Boo. I guess of all of them, the one that misfires the least would be SIRI. Uh, but the rest of them are, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm trying to have a conversation with adults around like a three-year-old where you, <laughs> you're trying to spell things. Out. Oh, look, I said, Hey, boo boo. And it thought that I was talking to it. So that's how bad G O O G L E is at, uh, knowing whenever I am not trying to, uh, trigger its, uh, help. So yeah, I don't know why I still have them all, but I actually go through periods of time where I'll just completely leave them unplugged. Um, I pretty much only 
use them for playing music when I'm out of the house and I'm trying to have like a background sound for my dogs so that they don't get all worked up by people out and about in in the world that they sometimes hear and then get barky. So yeah, outside of that, don't really make use of them. But thank you all for your answers on that. Let us go to our final show topic, which comes from Heather. So do do you guys do tech support for your parents or any other older adults in your life? If so, is this going to like destroy your relationship with them? Maybe this is just me. But I'm very curious, like how people manage that. If um, if you've decided that, you know what, let's just hire like a local tech company to like go buy mom's house and uninstall all those weird apps she installed for some reason you don't fully understand. <laughs> um, what What is your approach to this? I am on permanent call for my parents for tech support. Um, my mother keeps a running list so that every time I'm over at the house, she's like, let me get my list and I run down all the issues, most of which are just, you know, I think honestly chalked up to the confusingness of uh, certain interfaces and stuff. Like uh, recently I had to help her troubleshoot um, adding more data to her iPad cellular plan while she was traveling, um, which was just like tough for me because it was not a thing I could like look at in front of me and she didn't have an internet connection. So I couldn't be like, share your screen with me. I don't know who I would hire and I don't know who I would trust, I think is the thing. Like I, I do feel like I'm, for better or worse, it's something I feel better about doing myself. My father very rarely has tech support problems because he uses basically nothing. <laughs> so that <laughs> solves a lot of problems. Although the other day he did ask me to fix the smart uh, switch that I put in for their lamp. So I guess that is kind of on me since I installed it. Uh, yeah, that's my fault. Uh, and I end up doing some tech support for other family members a lot of times when I'm around. Sometimes it's like <laughs> my worst impulse is it's like whenever I go visit family and something is broken and I feel like I have to fix it in the limited amount of time that I'm there. Uh, but again, that probably speaks more to my compulsiveness than it does to any actual strategy in place. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like stuff to work well and I feel good about it when I like can make something set up and then it works well for people and they don't complain about it or it improves their experience with things. I kind of take pride in that. I guess maybe it's my background in doing it um so i guess i'm stuck with that for the moment for better or for worse brian do you have a strategy they say uh you can teach someone to fish and they'll eat for the rest of their life force someone to learn how to fish correctly and my parents resent me for it so <laughs> i'm just like you dan i spend so much time like my parents are great with tech they know how to use their iphones and macs and everything fantastic sometimes I'll catch them doing something like, oh, did you know there's a better way to do this? You don't have to go into file, click on new tab. You can just hit command T. That's the kind of thing I'm bringing to the table for my parents' tech support. It's unsolicited. It is annoying. But eventually my parents do wind up learning how to do those kinds of you know, shortcuts in tech. The only thing I really have to like hammer home uh, is make sure you back up your Mac. You know, my brother Justin and I made them a uh, time machine drive that whenever we see them, we'll plug it in, leave it there for a few hours, unplug it. So they never have to know. But we know that all their data is safe and backed up. That is the only real tech support I provide my parents. Nothing I've ever had to pay anybody for. So my my family uh, lives in Missouri, which is uh, by driving about 26 hours away by flight, three and a half hours away, plus like $1,000. And uh, I guess it'd be $1,000 going there as well, driving because of gas. But anyway, they live very far away. And so being able to physically be there to do tech support is not uh, easily possible. So I do help. Um, and I say my family because my mom had me when she was pretty young. So my mom is not 
she, she's she's pretty young too, is what I'm saying. So she's somewhat tech minded, but occasionally she will have uh, issues that she asks for help with. My grandma will have issues that she asks for help with, and then occasionally some other family members. And I do my best to help them from a distance. Of course, when you're trying to deal with uh, internet issues and you are doing a FaceTime call so that you can walk them through that, anytime you have to get to the part where you need to cut out the internet, then they obviously lose uh, service, and then I'm no longer able to be there on the FaceTime call to walk them through the rest of the steps. So that part can be kind of annoying. Um, those are the times when I do wish that there was some sort of service where it's like a person that you know you can trust and know that they know as much as you do uh, versus just having them, you know, call up a local uh big box retailer and have their people come and do a bunch of weird stuff that makes no sense except to the person who's, you know, doing the thing. <laughs> and so that's what's kept me from suggesting that in the past. It's like, I will do my best to help you through this without involving some strange um, individual who may or may not be able to give uh, the, the advice that I would expect them to give and fix the problem in a way that truly makes sense as opposed to it just being some way to kind of lock you into confounding methods that require you calling them again in the future because you don't know what's going on. Um, and then I will occasionally uh, let my younger sibling, uh, one of another one of my younger siblings is relatively tech minded. So it's kind of like they try to fix it themselves. Then they talk to the youngest sibling and then they call me uh, if if that's uh, how far it gets with with the problem. Um, I think the only thing is I will admit admit to on occasion sort of uh, uh, casting aside responsibility when after the fifth time of my mom somehow figuring out how to unpair her Apple watch from her phone, um, asked me, uh, can you help me set up my Apple watch with my phone? And I'm like, mom, we've done this five times already. What is going on? So yeah, that's, that's the time where I've punted <laughs> responsibility. But outside of that, I try to help. Uh, Heather, why don't you run us out here? Um, you guys are all really good kids. I don't know if your parents have told you that lately. I want you Aww. to know. I'm proud Thanks. of you. Um, I am not. So I, I, whenever I'm around my mom, for some reason, I just revert to being a teenager. And so I'm kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> and I get really in, impatient trying to do tech support. Um, so I found a place in her town. It's like a one, like a mom and pop computer shop. And somebody will drive to her house and they know her name and they, you know, know what to do to clean up whatever mess she's made. Like once there was no internet and they looked and the computer had was somehow plugged into some sort of circle that never actually went into the wall. Um, <laughs> oh, and I'm like, how, how did that happen? Um, but what I do do is I'm like, I want you to call me or text me every time you're like, Hmm, this seems cool. I wonder if it's a scam. And so I'm hoping that, slowly we're training her to be like the coolest 70 something in her town who knows scams um because they're like they're targeted constantly they're so bad yeah i see her phone and i'm like how how do you live like this who are all these people texting you um you know you've never won anything right you will never win i mean except for me but like you're not gonna win um and so that's that's what i'm still doing and and um she finds me profoundly annoying and she's right uh, but I also recognize the limits of my own patience. And that's when I was like, you know what, for our relationship, it's time to find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. So uh, let me ask you, do you have any houseplants, Brian? My fiance has some succulents and an aloe plant, and I have basil outside. I don't think that counts as a houseplant, but it makes my pasta infinitely better. So that's my only plant project. I have several uh, houseplants. Uh, many of them are uh, some succulents, and I've got some like pothos or however you say that. Um, my partner refuses to adopt any houseplants because it breaks his heart every time one of them dies, and every time he has a houseplant, it dies. So A plus B equals C, and C equals sad, and so he does not want to be sad. So I'm the only one who brings new houseplants into the home because i can keep them alive and not be sad about it uh heather what about you so while you guys are talking i counted i'm sitting in my bedroom there are 16 plants in here currently um so there's this thing called the pandemic right and we were all really (laughs) depressed and we thought what can we do to cheer ourselves up oh we'll try and keep something alive um in the face of just like (laughs) constant feelings of doom and so i got one plant and then another and then um it's a little intense and it's a great background for Zooms, though. So, mm, yes, I yeah. have houseplants. Or they have me. I don't know. 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah. on Room Raider, I'm sure. I have no plants because I've never met the plant that I could not kill. And not because I try to kill them. I'm not evil like that, probably. I just, <laughs> I don't know. They they don't survive me. My wife does most of the the gardening, but like her purview is the outside spaces. So I let her handle that. But we, we haven't really managed to do anything much in the indoor plant variety. So... Yeah, I hope that bodes well for other things I need to keep alive. Uh, I was going to say, that's not comforting for a new father to say. (laughs) I'm sure that's different. I don't just go around boring water on my kid every few days. Oh, Uh, good. Wait, but you do it at least once a week, right? Oh, yeah. Well, sure. That's key. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. We're Mm -hmm. good then. Yeah. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss ad and content blocking. And with that, we have reached the end of the episode. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week, Brian Hamilton. Thank you so much for being here. What a blast. Thanks for having me. And Heather Kelly, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. Fun being spooky with you guys. And uh, with that, we will be back next week, Micah. But we remind everyone out there listening, until then, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. (laughs) (laughs) 